0: you mm-hmm. My name is Jesse, and you are listening to List It, my podcast where we rank and list things in pop culture. And you probably are well aware of my guest today. He is a rapper who's racked up hundreds of millions of spins on Spotify with tracks like I Ain't Done, You Can't Stop Me, the mega hit coming in hot in his latest singles, MPJ Freestyle, It Could Be Worse, and Nobody's Coming. This spring he's heading on the road for the Neverland tour with Sunreal Wordsplay, my good buddy Propaganda, and today, October 1st, his brand new album Neverland 2 is officially out. Andy Minio, welcome to It, man. Yeah. How we feeling? Dude, I'm feeling good. The question is how are you feeling, man? It's it's the big it's the big week, album release week. Um, you know, what the kind third of time Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Well, first off, let's talk about that. What's it like releasing an album sort of in the era of, uh, you know, kind of these living albums that are kind of, you know, we saw this, I think, I remember Life of Pablo was one where it was like the the release dates were getting bumped, but then it was being released and kids still kind of shifted on the fly. What's it kind of, what's it like making music in the era where you can kind of move things and kind of shift and have these living songs and albums?
1: Yeah. Like anything is a pro and a con, right? So, Uh, this is the third time we had to push back the album. Um, the first time we pushed it back, uh, was, it's it's all basically connected to the same thing. It's sample clearance issues. And, um, we haven't been able to get yeses from some of the people we needed. Um, so we basically had to go back in and recreate the records. So, you know, once a record is out, those, uh, copyright owners, if you didn't clear with them, they basically got you yeah by your privates and uh you know they can do whatever they want so we had to keep pushing things back um we finally settled on october 1st we went in we replaced everything changed everything out and uh so we're finally good to go but the downside is we have all these physical cds that we pressed (laughs) because we were going to send them off early to influencers and let the you know (laughs) I I care a lot about the art. So my album packaging is always like over the top and interesting and, you know, fold out CDs and origami and all madness. And, uh, we got to throw them all out or figure out a cool way to utilize. them. Uh So that's a downside. The upside is always that like, you know, you can push it back a week or even when the song is out, you can update it on the back end. And I think that's something that's really cool that we, uh, you know, we haven't been able to see, uh, even I just saw a, a meme the other day that certified lover boy and Donda, like they're still being updated on the back end. Yeah. There's new mixes. And I think that's cool. They're living and breathing in a way, but you know, the bad side of that is like, I'll be like, change the mix again. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. stop, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. It's never really done, but, but it's kind of cool because it, um, uh, well it, And also kind of we live in an era where a lot of people kind of feel some degree of like ownership with the way that the music is sort of repurposed online. I mean, the perfect example in your career is coming in hot, like obviously big hit, but then it takes on it gets this new life on TikTok where it's like, I mean, it's got to be what in the top 10 most popular songs the last year on TikTok. Like it was everywhere. What's it, it like? Even seeing, showed up
1: on the recommended side. Like you go in to make something, it's like because the algorithm pushed it up so yeah. high. It's like you'll probably want to use this one, right?
0: What What's so. it like seeing one of your songs kind of taking on? Because when you're writing the song, you you know I don't even know if TikTok is is right. in your kind of you know I'm sure now that TikTok is kind of a, a more part of just sort of the the cultural uh, you know zeitgeist. Artists are kind of thinking about TikTok. But what was it like seeing a song like that take on a life on that platform?
1: Yeah, it's bugged out. You know, um, it's one of those things. Like you see some traction. That's the cool thing about right now. Is like back in the day, you used to have to bet on a song early. Yeah, uh, shoot the music video, put the money behind it, do all that. Now you can release a song, and when it starts showing traction, then you can get behind it and, and push it more, amplify it. Um, so that one started showing traction, and that's when I got with the label. I was like, "Hey guys, I know this is quote unquote an old song to y'all, but..." You know, because everything once it's out for a week, it's like, oh, it's ancient. You know, yeah. But um, I was like, yo, this thing still got legs. Like, we should still shoot a video for it. We should still put time. You know, and so um, all those things came later, uh, and we just kind of amplified the organic reach of it. Same thing happened when you can't stop me. Is like it was performing organically, incredible. And that's when we were like, maybe we should give some attention to this thing. And we started pushing it, and and it you know went end up going gold. Yeah. Wow. Coming in hot, coming in hot. Just like the fajito. Like the fajita. I write what I, live. write what I live. My life in the speaker. Life the I'm nice with the flow. Nice with the Just like the demeanor, Just like the demeanor. I'm feeding my fam. I'm feeding, I'm fam. I'm feeding the meter. Uh, they got the iron while I got the you, you start seeing that. Oh, you start seeing that working on social media. And it's it one of one part of you is like, this is super cool. Like yeah. seeing, you know, everybody from girls, you know, twerking to somebody making like, you know, steak to, uh, you know, people doing stupid stuff. Like,
0: it's just like, what is happening?
1: Wait,
0: um, is there one that like jumps out is the TikTok You're like, okay, that is the coming in hot TikTok that, that is stands above the rest.
1: Uh, there's one that I just always think of and it's like, a there's a guy riding a bike and he's got his enormous dog attached to his back, and the dog <laughs> has sunglasses on, and this is just, like, pedaling, and, like, I can't get that out of my head for some reason, so, um, but there's so many of them. Yeah. And, like, obviously, I didn't realize this Left, I, I was, like, oh, I guess the sexual innuendo is really there. <laughs> right? And I didn't think about that until I started Sure, you know, sure. Like, yeah, yeah sure. right. Yeah, and you have migraines.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> so, the the cool thing is now you can walk into any place. You know, what I am saying you can go to any bar, or any restaurant. So, we're like, oh, you make music? Have I heard any of your songs? Yeah. Be like, ah, I had one. They go, like, oh, of course, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, that's cool. But the other side of it is, it's not is it's not like radio fame. It's social media fame, which yeah. is a little different. Um. But like my life hasn't really changed that much. That's mm. the that's the weird part. Is like you would think, oh, big song, everything must have just. I was like, no, nope. still chilling with me and my wife. You know, obviously, yeah. maybe the paycheck's a little better, you know, the yeah. quarterly in the mail. But life's life's pretty consistent, um, which is the one thing that makes me not feel like inflated by it. It's just yeah. it's cool. It's like wow, that's cool. But these people have no idea who I am, but they like my song.
0: That's cool. When you have a song like that, and, you know, especially kind of, it's kind of blowing up, I'm sure, as you're, you know, writing the record that's coming out uh, this week, you know, I wonder how much it kind of gives you, like, a sense of, you know what, like, dude, I got, like, a banger that's, you know, making the rounds that, did it give you a sense of creative freedom? Because, like, I feel like some of the singles you've released recently, like, MPJ, Freestyle in particular, and it could be worse, you know, you directly you know, there's some references there that are not pulling punches. I mean, there's a Ravi Zacharias sex scandal reference and it could be worse. You know, you talk about the lifestyle of MP, uh, of NBA players. You make a Jerry Falwell joke. You talk about performative activism in MPJ freestyle. You know, these are topics that... Look, I mean j- these days, I feel like everyone is a little bit guarded because they don't want things pulled out of context and put on social yeah. media. Did you feel like, look, man, I got a hit out there. It's time to take some risk when it comes to the topics you're willing to tackle in this new album
1: I don't know if that was directly connected to um to the music doing uh like coming in hot doing well? I think that's just kind of where I am yeah. as a man right now. I mean, you see basically like everybody is silenced in their voice or issuing an apology for something all the time or you know what I mean because I think stakes are a lot higher there's a lot more criticism there's a lot more Twitter activists and a lot of that is good right like yeah it's good that we have people able to be called out when when there's nonsense you know what I'm saying when um, things need to be corrected and adjusted like Harvey uh, Weinstein yeah. needs to be in prison you know for the rest of his life you know, it's like, those are the good moments of social activism. And then the downside is a lot of people uh, are just afraid to say or do anything because they, uh, you know, they don't know if they're going to, their life's going to be ruined. Um, and so, I don't know, there's like this this tension and this balance um, where I feel like I have to be able to still speak my truth and say say things um, that I think are true and that challenge the culture, the way people think. Uh, just because there's some of that in me. Yeah. And then, uh, there's another part of me that, you know, even, even I listen back to MPJ freestyle, I'm like, ah, was I bugging? You know, like I even went back and recorded, um, another version of a line just Mm -hmm. because I was like, I don't know if this was very nice, you know, Yeah, because I still wrestle with those things internally as well. So yeah, I think there's just, it's just a tension and you got to walk delicately and just also At the same time That you're doing that Try not to lose Your ethos Like what makes you uniquely you And your perspective And your voice It's a lot of married men In the NBA Got shorties in cities On NDAs Lord keep your hand On MPJ Daddy to keep his pants On and behave I don't wanna see him turning out like Dwight Started off right Then he lost his light Said that he would do All things to Christ I mean he did do All things Yikes. Never really have respect For no rappers Who give away money And they do it on camera exploiting poor Paul for PR stunts I respect more if it's on the hash I mean what's the moldeth when you do something good but you need everybody to notice I don't know bro I just wonder if they do the same thing when the cameras ain't rolling huh This got me hot man get
0: they body talk Well and I feel like what what's you know what's cool to see you know in your music especially some of the 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 stuff that's come out recently and I'm sure you know it's going to be more of this on the on the album but you know you do have stuff that is like you know, kind of brutal, unfiltered honesty that's kind of delivered mm-hmm. with a degree of sort of wit and commentary about social issues or kind of things that w- we're all kind of wrestling with collectively. But then you have stuff like nobody's coming, which is deeply personal. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. about you know, kind of thoughts about parenthood and your own upbringing, and really kind of some some things that you know it takes a, s- a certain degree of vulnerability to be able to address on an album. For sure, yeah. You know, what where is the line for you where it's like, okay, how personal? are you willing to get before you're like man i'm putting too much of myself out there or is there even a line for you
1: yeah that's interesting i mean my music if if anyone's rocked with me from you know 2011 on or whatever um i've always found like vulnerability to be a calling card in my heart. Mm-hmm. um i think a lot of like the core fans that i have come to me for that
0: yeah. because
1: they know that that's not like a rarity for me um i think there are probably certain lines where vulnerability, uh, can be like exploitative, <laughs> you know, like, you know that this is like going to hook people. Yeah. Um, and like, I even had some stuff like early on in my career, like, I had a song about me and my wife and I like, it was very vulnerable. And my wife was like, nah, you can't put that out. She's like, yeah. nah, cause now it's attached to me and I don't want our business and everything out there. I'm like, dang, you know. So, yeah, um, it is a balance, but I do think a lot of people are scared of vulnerability, not just as artists but as people, because yeah. we really believe at our core that if someone finds out who we really are, they'll reject us. Mm. And what I've found is I feel more connected through vulnerability. Um, I'm not afraid to fillet myself or put myself out there um, because I know what it, it actually connects us. Yeah, you know, and I think like music and art for me. This isn't for everybody. I feel like music is a place for honesty. You know, mm-hmm. music is a place like we come to music to feel and feel something. And whether that's just like turn up at the club and go crazy, or like I want to feel connected, I want to feel, I want to activate a part of my imagination and my brain. Um, so that's just my approach to making yeah. art. And it's not everybody's, but um, that's a comfort. I'm, I'm comfortable there in vulnerability. If nothing changes before I'm gone I got no one else I could blame it on And we've been waiting way too long What if we're the ones that we're waiting on? I might just have to be What I never had for me I might just have
0: Well the the other thing that people know who who've been following you for a long time or maybe this you know are, are new fans you know there's a real sonic diversity in your music. I mean it's when you look at your last two singles. I mean sonically they're they're really different. You can tell you have yeah. a lot of different influences. So I thought it'd be fun today. You recently released a YouTube video and I thought we'd unpack a little bit but t- the your top 5 favorite artists of all time. You know, on list it we try to we try to have a little fun with some pop culture list and I was really I mean it's such a cool list and and I, I'm kind of interested to hear not just of why you think these the artists we're going to talk about are great artists, but how they personally sort of kind of influence the way you kind of approach music and kind of approach songwriting. And the first one that you mentioned on your list uh, in that YouTube video was Kendrick Lamar. Now, yeah. you know, I feel like he's on a short list of everyone's conversations of, you know, of one of the best MCs in the world, but he also is kind of in a lane all his own. You know, you don't see him yeah. in the feuds with like Drake and Kanye, like mixing it up on in Instagram comments or whatever, yeah. you know, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Kendrick Lamar's music and why he's, he's so high in your list of, of, of artists that have influenced you.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, Kendrick comes like Kendrick's a little bit older than me, but like we kind of come from the same era. Which Mm -hmm. is, and actually, when I think about all the artists, they're probably around the same age as me. I think maybe that's some of the tie. Yeah. But so I grew up in a time where like hip hop was in a lot of its like golden era, and there was like a real emphasis on like thoughtfulness, lyrical ability. Um, also technique, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Not just not just making things vaguely rhyme, but like multi-syllable schemes and like things like that where I would nerd out over Eminem and different stuff. Like that. I think Kendrick comes from that era where he loves hip hop. He loved the technical ability, the wittiness, and he's found a way to like in, continue to innovate it in a way that's interesting in this era. Mm. And so there's a lot of respect to um, their storytelling, their thoughtfulness. There's like high-level entertainment, so there's a lot of style, but yeah. there's still substance. And I would say that's probably true for all the artists on my list, is that they'll give you both. Mm. They're like, this feels amazing, but there's also... there's layers to it and how like how many of the layers you get depends on how informed you are or maybe how much thought you want to give it but like pull up drink sit down yeah drink you're like if i'm just at the club and i hear that and i'm like i want to sing it yeah and i have no idea what it's about yeah um that's fine or i if i listen a lot closer to the lyrics and i digest it i'm realizing oh this is a song about alcoholism yeah and like the relationship his parents have had with. So it's like, dang, that's double speak. So I've always loved that he does that. I love that he has incredible music videos. Uh, I love that he breaks song structure. I love that he pushes himself rhythmically to get like, find new flows and new pockets. Um, I love the fact that he's mysterious. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of what I want. Honestly, I want to be able to not be on social media ever yeah. And then be able to pop out when I make music But he's earned that right yeah. um, Over the years uh, Not everybody can do that, right? The rest of us peons have to make content Yeah Why you sitting only two or three shots I'ma show you how to turn it up a notch First you get a swimming Pool full of liquor then you dive in it Pool full of liquor then you dive in it and I wave a few bottles, then I watch them all fly. All the girls wanna play, they watch. I got a swimming pool
0: full of liquor and they dive In it Full Pool full of liquor, I'ma dive in it. Cool. Well, the, the 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 other thing that's interesting about, about Kendrick, and I think, and you and kind of alluded to this with, like, the swimming pools reference, is, like, he has this ability to, like, engage with really deep themes, whether it's something like alcoholism or social issues or, you know, kind of uh, racial injustice, but in a way that's not preachy, like, where yeah. it's thought-provoking, but you never feel like you're listening to, like... Uh, like a documentary in music form which is nothing wrong with that like there are artists who deliver that type of uh, of music really yeah. well but he's got this way of being there's a subtlety to his message and he doesn't seem to be agenda driven How much of that, you know, has kind of influenced you in that approach? Because I feel like you have the same way. It's like, yeah, there are messages, uh, you know, kind of embedded in songs, but nothing's overtly kind of preachy. How much do you kind of look at at Kendrick's kind of ability to kind of, you know, walk that tightrope and then kind of, um, you know, you know, stick the landing for two types of audiences?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities uh, between us in that regard, because we both are men who care about issues and have some substance to us and some depth and uh we want to find a way to communicate those things or at least make sure that they're a part of our art yeah Um, because we're not out just here like making rhyme words rhyme for the sake of making them rhyme you know um i do we do want to communicate deeper messages from time to time and i think like when you communicate them super directly if they're not placed in the right context that just they can sound preachy or it can sound rallying to all the people who believe the exact same thing you do
0: yeah
1: and uh that's not necessarily what i've decided to create art for you know yeah like to be an echo chamber people are like me too you know yeah yeah um, you do on you know you want to mix it up in different spaces so it's cool when people are able to engage with the music and then like be challenged in that or uh you know take something out of it for themselves.
0: Well, and that's what I appreciate so much about your music is that it, it does avert the echo chamber because in one breath, you might say something that a certain audience sort of finds like affirming, but that the yeah. next one, it's like, but wait, you know, you know right. I mean, look at MPJ Freestyle. I'm sure you got plenty of emails because you could dissect that line by line where you're talking about in one breath, you know, kind of, um, you know, in, living an integritous lifestyle, but the next one, like, you know, coming right at the patriarchy or something that's like these kind right. of sacred cows. You know, do you get how much when you get like whether it's kind of an angry or confused or concerned or just like a fan mail that's like, "Hey, this line, can you unpack this?" Or I was offended by this. Do you does that? Do you even think about that as an artist? Do you kind of block that out, or is that something you try to engage with?
1: Um, if if the if it's you're saying when I create a line or a bar or something and then it gets yeah it, it, when people, yeah, how much yeah. Do I engage? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's loud enough. Yeah. If it's loud enough, then it's like, hey, maybe I should address this. Then the other part is like, oh, obviously not everything I say is gonna make everyone happy. Yeah. Because I say, you know, I might say something that you have to parse a little bit. And to that, I'm just like, oh, well, that's just part of existing on the internet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you don't want
1: to give it, you don't (laughs) want to give it too much credence, but if it's like, Hey, the whole world thinks you're wild. You're like, yeah. oh, maybe I should reconsider this and take <laughs> yeah. a peek. So,
0: yeah. And
1: then knowing what quote unquote the whole world is, you know, because yeah, it could yeah, be yeah. like 10 people tweet you're like, the whole world hates me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 10 people. Relax. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It always feels bigger than it is, right? <laughs> oh, dude, trust me. I, I, I've i been there, yeah. Well, uh, all right, so you got Kendrick first on your list. All right, next up, um, you mentioned the the influence that Frank Ocean ha- had on you. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, he's, he's another, like, incredible artist that has a, a degree of mystique to him. You know, I yeah. feel like, uh, you know, he is... Obviously, he's a, he's a, a, a human and an artist, but he's also sort of this persona and sort of this like Frank Ocean is almost sort of like this idea right now, too, of just like, you know, Blonde is, you know, it, incomparable for, for kind of modern album releases. Like, it really stands on its own. Tell me a little bit of the influence Frank Ocean's had on you as an artist.
1: Yeah, Frank Ocean for me. Uh, so I've always like been drawn towards like rap and then also towards melody and mm. Um, chord structure and stuff like that. And I think, you know, Frank obviously has an incredible voice and can sing, uh, but he takes a little more like interesting homemade approach to his production. Mm. Um, Like when you hear his production, like these aren't like the most pristine, craziest sounds. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times they're just sounding like that guitar is a little wonky or like those drums aren't like, as hard as the trap drums or whatever it is. And I don't think he's concerned about that. It's more about a feeling and creating an emotion. A lot of times they'll actually listen to his, um, his uh, recording, like the actual sound recording and it'll sound really bad. Or you can hear the distortion, Mm -hmm. like he sang too loud and it distorted and he keeps all that stuff. And so there's like a grittiness to it, not being so pristine. And I love that. Um, I love his songwriting, you know, his coming of age songwriting in blonde. That's just like, man, there's layers to it. Again, you know, so like two, three meanings to things. Um, How he plays with, you know, wordplay and the melody choices that he makes, you know, or like at the end of um, bike, biking or bicycle. I forgot what the name of the song. Biking featuring Jay-Z. Yeah. He gets to the end of the song and he's just like, (laughs) Like he's not saying anything, but he's communicating an emotion. And I'm like, it's so great. Yeah. Um, you know, he probably got to the end of the song and like scattered it. And it was like, yeah. actually, that's cool. Let's keep it. People that are willing to fillet themselves. Again, like, I know this really doesn't make sense, but it feels good. I'm going to I can do this. I, I love that. And to still have depth in their art. So, yeah. Frank Ocean, um, I can, like, I, I still listen to Blonde. Like, I don't even yeah. know what to do. I can't stop listening. I got the like a handle and I'm biking I'm biking with me in my tangle. AD's got the angels, TV's got the angels. I'm breaking. Got. Biking, I'm biking, I'm biking slow mo.
0: What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on kind mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. rest of the like the, the kids that kind of came up in the Odd Future crew? So, like you know, Tyler, the Creator, Earl Sweatshirt, you know, yeah. like, you, because I feel like they all bring a degree of that ethos to their music as well. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. a, a, a grit, sort of like a rawness, yeah. the production value, you know. Yeah, for
1: sure. I love that. I love that grittiness. I think like on a, on a sliding scale, it'd be like Earl his like approach to lo-fi is like so lo-fi that sometimes it's hard to fully engage with. Yeah. And then I feel like Tyler is like in the middle and I, then I feel like um, Frank would be the next one. So Tyler, I love his rollouts. I love how he creates a whole story yeah. and like a whole world that you get to enter into. Yeah. Big respect for him. Like I don't, I, I don't play a ton of his music Yeah, on the regular, but like I have, Because I don't know if it's for me all the way, but like there's so much creative respect for him, like how many chances he takes. I'm like, he's he's actually one of my favorites, like as an artist, even if I don't engage with the music a ton.
0: Yeah. You know? What, what what's interesting is I wanna I wanna jump down on your list a little because I feel like there's an interesting juxtaposition between like a Frank Ocean and sort of the that that Odd Future ethos and then because one of the other artists you have on your list is Drake and Drake it is like hyper polished in a way where you have yep. like the OVO sound and the Odd Future sound I feel like are diametrically opposed ideas when it comes yep. to releasing music right and yep. so like. You you know, even though they might kind of have similar fan bases, you know, the rawness and sort of the lyrical thoughtfulness and, uh, you know, intentionality that odd future like Frank Ocean and those dudes bring is a little bit different than Drake, who isn't afraid to get a little goofy with his lyrics in a way that is sometimes self-aware, but also they have a whole sound, right? And that sound is hyper, hyper, Well, at least to like the casual ear seems hyper polished. Tell me a little bit about why, you know, Drake has been an influential, an influential artist for you.
1: Uh, Drake for me, um, he does two things really well that speak to me is he raps really well and has vulnerability within those raps a lot of times. Um, so, like his freestyles are like eight AM and whatever, you know. And yeah. he always tells you where he's at with his life, and so it feels like you're a part of a story that continues. And I've always loved that. He's also extremely witty. Um, he doesn't spell things out for you all the time, which I, you know, I've always loved. Uh, I just like rappers that are really good technically. Yeah. And have that ability to have, like, wit and and layers to their rhymes. And then they're also able to bring it into, like, pop sensibility, where it's, like, yeah. easily digestible. That's, like, the trifecta of perfection for me. I think yeah. he hits that. And then he also taps into melody, you know? So, like, his songs are incredibly digestible. Um, but, like, he still doesn't lack any technical ability as a rapper or lyrically. So... High lyrical content. um, Easy to digest. He's like the iPhone. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a lot of tech technical stuff's going on simplified in yeah. a very
0: easy yeah and, and but it's the, tasty the, the yeah the product is way. so polished you know when you get it and yeah. you know okay but the I always for for people who are you know because I like I mean I feel like you can't not like Drake I mean even if you're not aware that you like Drake you hear his music his music is just kind of uh, everywhere and it, it's very yeah. listenable but for for Drake fans I always like kind of asking like what do you think his degree of self-awareness is because he's not afraid to be witty but sometimes he walks that line of witty and goofy and you're like how much yeah. is he in on the joke as a drake fan what do you, how self-aware and how intentional do you yeah. think is even some of his goofier stuff
1: i literally i have no idea because sometimes i'm like because sometimes i'm like "No, no no you're this self-aware in your music and you're yeah. like tapped into your emotions like you're very self-aware yeah and then you do things sometimes that i'm like are you tro- wait? I'm like, either he's smarter than all of us, yeah. you know, and like trolling us. on per- like, when he did that one music video, he's he like doing the goofy dance and yeah. stuff. Hotline, and Blank, you're like,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, you're like, wait, this is this. You know, at first look, you're like, this is so dumb, and then you see the 10 million memes, yeah, and you're like, oh my gosh, you've embedded yourself deeper in pop culture. Maybe this whole thing was a meme. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. You know, like, the fact that when his album cover dropped, every this new one for yeah. sure, fellow Boy, everyone's like, are you trolling? Like, is this a joke? This isn't really your album cover. Yeah. And then uh, you watch every single company in the world replicate it and yeah. do their memed version yeah. of it. And it's like, McDonald's, Microsoft, everyone's, like, making their, you're like, wow. And then it was also done by, like, you know, incredible artist, Daniel Hurst, right? So yeah. it's like, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe we're just in an era of, you know, like, if it achieves its intended goal, it doesn't matter what you think of it. Like, everyone's talking about it.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. Well, well, and I feel like I definitely feel like when because you're no stranger to kind of meme culture, and you're a very savvy, you know, user of Instagram and social media, and even having a degree of kind of playfulness in some of the artwork, you know, the uh, the Bird and Magic uh, uh, EP that you did with Words played, yeah. you know, you guys, I'm actually, it's funny, man. I have, I wonder if I can show it up here. I have a picture on my wall. I don't know if you can see it over there. Uh, that's a, uh, a yeah, bird. bird. A, 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 yeah. Bird and magic. Uh, uh, um, but anyway, you know, the, the, just the artwork of that. And you guys kind of, for people who haven't seen it, you know, you're kind of recreating uh, early nineties, late eighties, basketball nostalgia in like kind of draft night suits that definitely look of a certain era and are kind of having fun with kind of Larry bird, magic Johnson, a really kind of playful, fun, but kind of cool way. And I feel Which like ended bur- up getting used in a Drake,
1: Video I was going to say,
0: I was going to say, later, what, which is interesting. Yeah. So how did that come about? How did, how did that get almost get re by Drake? Who's the meme master.
1: Oh, so magic and bird. Yeah. Like the whole album cover and like our photo shoot was all like early two thousands, making fun of the baggy suits and stuff. And then that laugh now I'll cry later song he did. Um, you know, he had a, a, he was like remaking some of that in his video. A lot of people hit me up. Like, Oh my gosh, he's stealing your thing. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I think we all, I think, I don't think he's paying attention to me and like, I got to steal any minio stuff. Not at all. I just think there was probably similar reference material yeah. because we took it from reference material early 2000s. So yeah. whoever was the creative director for the video, or whatever, probably was pulling from the same thing. All that says to me is that like my taste level and the taste level of our team, you know, the creative director I have, Delgis Mustafa, like, incredible taste and able to see things like before the biggest yeah. names in the world do. So I, I couldn't tell you how many times Delgis, my creative director sent me samples like, yo, sample this, try this in the song. And then two years later, Kanye has it in the song, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it just reminds us that we have the sauce and like, we should continue to create art. And even if it's unrecognized at the, the biggest level, right? Cause I, I would say I'm like a medium sized artist. I like I get to live my life, make art for a living, but I'm not like a world name yet. You know, I'm not like uh one of these guys that I'm mentioning now. And uh I'm like, all right, there might not be that level of recognition, but there is still that level of taste and like yeah. artistic excellence. And I think I'm, I'm we're just proud of that, you know? Yeah.
0: The other thing, too, I feel like with that's interesting with Drake is his his wittiness sort of shields him from some of like the hostility that can come. With making mm. music in the air, like you, you looked at you know I'm, I I live in Virginia Beach, born and raised here, and so like you know the the Pusha T, you know, d- you know when he just came at Drake with a freaking uh, you know flamethrower a few years ago right. and got you know right. I, I for people who don't know kind of the controversy that are listening, they can look it up. But essentially, Pusha T escalated a a, a, re- a relatively friendly feud into absurdly personal territory and really kind of came came at Drake. But it seemed like that Jay Drake was even with like certified lover boy sort of just owned it and like was sort of, you know, never really came back hard. His style was just to sort of embrace the buzz without taking things too personally, you know, you know, you know, that seems like a big shift in hip hop because it used to kind of be like for a lot of artists kind of felt the needed to defend their territory. There's all these kind of these mixtapes back and forth. Why do you think that's Drake's approach, especially when he's going against, you know, someone who's a little bit more OG than him, like with a push of T to kind of be kind of the funny guy instead of really trying to beat these guys at their own game.
1: I don't know. There's a certain level of acceptance that I think is just like, When you accept and own certain things, it can no longer be used against you. Yeah. You know? And I think that's probably some of his play. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can try to deny it or fight against it, but then the internet's just going to make more memes about it, make funny more. And then, like, once you accept it, you kind of disarm everybody else. And so I don't know. Because there's maybe some of that, some of his strategy. I don't know. He's a smart dude and making great music. What are you going to do?
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, speaking of smart dudes that make great music, you also mentioned someone who's a friend of yours, uh, uh John yeah. Billion uh, is as a major uh influence. Tell me a little bit about your your relationship with him and why he's he made your list as well.
1: Yeah. We connected in 2014. I just tweeted at him, like, yo, your music's great. My buddy Rob Markman, who's uh he's over at Genius. He was like, I asked him, I was like, Who are you listening to right now? I was like, John Belly. Listen to his music. He had a song called Grateful Eyes or something out at the time. I was like, this is great writing, great production, like thoughtful lyrics. Tweeted him. He tweeted back, like, I said, yo, I love your music. He tweeted back, I love your passion for Jesus. And I'm like,
0: (laughs) what? So (laughs) Not what I was looking for.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, all right. So what about my media? uh, So we connected. And then uh, we went and played basketball in Harlem. We drove out from Long Island. We got together. We played hoops. And then we just kind of stayed connected from there. Um, He came out and worked on my album uh, in 2015, a year later. Uh, It was on Uncomfortable. And then um, we just stayed in touch over the years. And, like, you know, life gets harder. And it's hard to find people in this music industry that you really can, like, trust. Or, like, um, you know you know that they don't always need something from you. They just understand what it's like to be an artist or a musician or a celebrity or whatever. And have, like, good, solid advice and, and relationships. So for us, me and John, that's been our relationship. It's like, we're just friends because if him and I never made a song together, I'd just, we'd still send each other memes and, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, have a good time. Um, so, but I've always admired his music because of those very things. Is uh, He takes risk. You know what I'm mm. saying? He merges yeah. different worlds together. He, you know, has a lot of, like, that influence of early hip hop that I love so much. And then incredible melody and pop writing and, um, good lyrics. And, uh, he breaks song structure a lot. Uh, he's always trying to push the boundaries sonically, which is something I love. Um, so for that reason, he's a big inspiration to me. And I think a lot of people like he's an artist, artist, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like, yeah people who love creating are just like in love with his creativity and he's underappreciated as an artist, which is crazy. Like I think he's done so well writing and creating for other people and he's super chilling (laughs) off that, that he's like, I really don't got to pop out and be an artist. Like this isn't my, like this isn't my grind. Yeah. I get to chill at home, you know, with my family and, and be totally good. Um, but we love to see him pop out because he always brings something refreshing, you know? And, uh, yeah. I think he showed me that like you can really merge rap and pop sensibility and hip hop yeah. and all those things together. And he also does a lot of sound design, which yeah. is one thing I love. Um, he like makes his own noises with his mouth and affects them tweak. And I've always done that, like taking sounds and tweak them and self produced. And so there's some of that, yeah, uh, in my music as well. All we wanna
0: know is where the stars get. Stop to flash them show you wanna know is where the style stars- such a cool unique artist but someone who isn't afraid of like experimentation I mean you know Yeah. but I feel like a lot of times when you get artists that get obsessed with experimentation they turn into like Radiohead where it's like I don't even know what I'm listening to right now you know what I mean I'm not trying to go but but like John he's he's a master of the hook like he really has this understanding of that like you can still be experimental and maintain those pop sensibilities which I feel like keeps music so interesting when you can balance that you know
1: yeah yeah that's something I always worry about, you know, because I like I can just get out there and rap. Yeah. And give you bars. But like I'm less that is less intriguing to me. Yeah. And I think frustrating for some of my fans could be like, just rap. And I'm yeah. like, but I also want to experiment with different sounds. And yeah. So tough to find a balance, man. Yeah. Uh,
0: all right. I want to speaking of tough and to find a balance. I want to end the conversation on an artist who um I feel like you know, no matter what someone's opinion about him is, it's he's one of the most interesting artists in the world, and that's Kanye West. Um, obviously, yeah. he's been he's impacted a lot of uh, you know not just musicians, but I mean, you know, he has a big foot stamp in kind of the world of fashion and uh, just yeah. kind of a, an approach to pop culture, also incredibly polarizing artist. his latest album, Donda, right. I feel like reviews have been decidedly mixed, but I don't know if Kanye even really cares. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with Kanye's music and kind of uh, how, you know, his approach to making music and evolution in particular ha- has yeah. influenced you as an artist.
1: Kanye's my muse, man. Yeah. I, just, I hope I never meet him. Uh, <laughs> and I just like love watching him from a distance, man. Cause I'm like, I'm always challenged creatively. I just love his story. How he's overcome so much from being just considered a producer to being a rapper to, you know, family and life things to being discarded by culture. And then, being loved by you know, all those yeah. things. It's just like a such a wild ride to watch. Um I think I love that he takes creative risk. Yeah. You know, like for example, when he had everybody all eyes on him, watching him, we all fell in love with him for a sound. He was like, you know, yeah. like yeah, totally re- like yanked the wheel a different direction and gave you 808s and then Yanked it again and gave you uh Jesus and yeah. like took risks to push Sonics and things forward, even if it could have potentially cost him his career, but it made him more beloved. His whole ethos has been like, what you can expect from me is the unexpected. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I've loved that. Like that's such a fun thing to be, to watch is like, whatever I do, I'm going to do it well and I'm going to do it unexpected. And, um, I think I just bought in over the years like there's something also about an artist when um they touch your life or your heart or your mind or whatever in a certain season of your life mm. that like they become so like at 18 or 15 or something like whatever favorite album that is you know it's a certain time in your life and it's hard yeah. to and all you're doing is listening to music and trying to figure out your way in life I think it's probably harder at 30 to like find an artist that you like fall in love with or relate to That's why a lot of our taste, like basically from those ages, like 20, yeah. you know, it's kind of like shaped for the rest of your life. Yeah. Not that you don't onboard new artists, but it's kind of a little more rare. Yeah. Um, so he's been just around for so long that uh, he's lived with me through lots of different seasons of life and, I tie his releases to special moments in my life too, you know,
0: is there an era of Kanye that is particularly, uh, sort of impactful to you? Because I mean, you know, it, it like you said, it is some wild, wildly, you know, sharp turns along the way. um, Is there, you know, there's some people who are like 808 was the game changer for me or some people, you know, my Twisted Dark, you know, like, you know, some people kind of plant their flag like this era of Kanye really personifies what I liked about him. Do you have an era or do you just kind of like the ride?
1: I like all the era. Every time he pops out, I'm like, this is great. I'm like, I'm getting new Kanye. Yeah. I love all the eras of Kanye. And cause I'm not married to one sound of his, I'm married to his creative journey in a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. wherever you decide to take it, I, I trust your taste and your, um, uh, the way you curate. Yeah. And so I'm like, I think maybe cause we have similar taste, I'm like, I'm going to enjoy what you yeah. create. You know what I'm saying? I also have an open mind and an open palate. Like, like a lot of times he'll bring a sample in some obscure sample and I'll be like, I know exactly what that is. Cause I was listening to the same progressive rock band from the seventies. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, that's, you know, that's yes. Or that's like, uh, King Crimson. Like, yeah, "Yeah, that samples, but it's because I think him and I both like to pull from resources way outside of hip hop
0: yeah, and
1: like, aren't afraid to dabble in worlds that are not traditionally rap, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: like soul samples, like soul samples is like the starter pack. And then it's like, there's an entire world of performance art and, you know, different genres. So that's what he does. Well,
0: Do you have a take on Donda? Because I've talked to a lot of Kanye fans and they're just, it's kind of all over the fence on whether people think it's like, Hey, it's kind of cool that he released basically this gigantic demo that is like, some of it feels like a kind of unfinished, but obviously with him, there's a degree of intentionality with everything he does. What's your take on on his latest?
1: When I, I was at the listening party in Atlanta, the first one, and like it was a really bad experience for me because the music was so loud. And mm-hmm. that's not just me being like an old head or something, it's like yeah. it was offensively loud, like painful to hear. And it was yeah. so loud, everything sounded distorted, so I couldn't even make out what was happening. Yeah, so that left a bad impression on me. Um, and then I got to watch the other uh rollouts, and I think hearing them, uh, hearing the demos like that kind of took away some of the experience of like sitting down with my headphones on and listening to it for the first time. Yeah. So on first listen, I was like, I don't love this. Then as I sat with the music uh, a little bit longer and heard like the polished more mixed versions, um, I was like, wow, there is some really beautiful moments on here.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So like, there's just really good stuff on there. I think it's a little bloated. Like yeah. I said before, like obviously it's like two hours. So it probably could have be whittled down to like, you know, 11 songs and been considered a masterpiece but yeah, I think there was all this maybe there was a rush it seemed like to get it out to compete yeah. with CLB or to be in the conversation. I don't know yeah but whether that was like intentionally marketed that way it ended up being great yeah, yeah. CLB or Donda you know like yeah I don't know I don't, I don't know
0: and the cool thing is, like, even the weeks leading up to it, it was, no matter what you thought of Kanye West, it, he was everywhere. You know, everyone wanted to know what was going on at the listening parties. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, he's living in the stadium? Like, you know, he's yeah. he's rocking yeah. bulletproof vests out there? What is going on? Yeah, like, despite some of the, the controversies, I feel like Kanye, the artist, has uh, this almost, you know, this hypernatural sense of what's going to get people talking, you know?
1: Yeah, and I, what's crazy is I see him pop out like that right before an album drops, and then basically he's like off grid. But yeah. like when it's time to promote something, he's like, I'm gonna pop out, stir some crap up, and yeah. then I'm gonna take all that energy that people are like the hatred or the love or the admiration or the, and I'm gonna use that as energy to give me lyrics and inspiration, and then I'm gonna put it out and I'm gonna go radio silent. Yeah, that's kind of his like. If you watch, that's what it always is. It's like racism was a choice. Yeah. You know, then yeah. like the you know, then I got the hat on, and then like two months later an album comes out and he's like talking about the controversy that he created in the album and the product that he made. Yeah. So it's almost like he steps out to get inspiration to bring it back in the music. Like, I don't know, it's it's wild, but yeah. he he's gotta figure it out. Even from real friends. I guess I get what I deserved on a word on the streets that they ain't heard from him. Uh, I guess I get what I deserved on her. A talk down on my name though dirt on him i couldn't tell you how old your daughter was couldn't tell you how old your son is i got my own junior on the way dog plus i already got one kid couldn't tell you much about the
0: he, he seems to have an interesting uh, uh relationship with the idea of like trolling You know, like, and sometimes it's like, you don't know what Drake's degree of self-awareness is with like the memeified goofiness. And sometimes you don't, it's it's not clear what Kanye's self-awareness is of how much he's trolling. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it seems like both those guys kind of lean into those and really channel it for their art, you know?
1: Yeah. And they got a lot of smart people around them too. Like creative directors and people understand his work. So,
0: yeah. I don't know, man. I,
1: you know, I think my album cover looks cooler than both of their album covers. Dude,
0: it does look dope,
1: but way less memeable. (laughs) Boy, yeah. <laughs> you know what are but, you gonna but,
0: do? but, but hey but the, the, to be fair you had the memeable moment yeah look i mean you've had a couple of them and, and you know not just with uh uh you know magic bird but you know coming in hot literally was a sonic meme for a while on on right. TikTok. so it's like yeah you've had that but also you know you're also an artist that doesn't seem to have an aversion to kind of keep people guessing on on what the next thing's gonna look like and sound like
1: for sure for sure yeah, man. We just all trying to figure it out, man. And Neverland 2 comes out today, October 1st. And, yeah, man. You know, the, this is my newest body and something I'm excited about, uh, where I hope people get those two things, man, like fun and vulnerability. And those are like two things that I always, I always try to communicate with my heart, man. So hopefully people enjoy this project as much as the ones we've been talking about.
0: Absolutely. Well, Andy, man, I definitely uh, appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun to break down some of the, the artists that have influenced you and definitely encourage listeners to check out Neverland 2 and the tour that's kicking off October 11th. Is that, is that uh, first date?
1: Yeah. Return to Neverland tour. Uh, we're doing nine cities. So we got you know, Atlanta, we got Orlando, we're going through Texas, um, we're going through Phoenix, we're going through LA, Bakersfield, San Francisco, Denver. So if you in any of those cities come out, this is going to be one of my favorite shows. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the album too. Thanks for awesome. having me, man.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on Listed, Andy. We'll see you next time, man. Absolutely. Much love. Peace. All right, everyone. That is it for this episode of Listed on the Ironclad Content Network. Hey, if you like the show, I know every podcast asks you to do it, but it really does help. If you like the show leave a rating and review. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.